Y'all doing well? Amen. I'm doing well. Matthew chapter number 3 is a prophecy of Isaiah chapter number 40. Amen. And uh, John the Baptist steps out in Isaiah chapter 40 verse 3. And he, he begins to preach. Matthew's the 40th book of your Bible in the third chapter. And it's talking about the messenger that shows up. The messenger that shows up is God's messenger, which is John the Baptist. He said, In those days came John the Baptist. Not John the Pentecostal. Not John the Catholic. Right? right. He's the Baptist. Amen. There you go. Yeah, he's... I, he died without being married, so, you know. <laughs> Amen. In those days John, came John the Baptist preaching in the wilderness of Judea and saying, Repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. You notice that? He's preaching about a kingdom, and it's at hand. It means that's close, it's nigh, it's, re, it's, it's right there. You're about to see about it, hear about it. Well, the one he's setting a path for and a course for in verse chapter number 4, verse 17, Jesus shows up. And uh, Jesus is tempted of the devil, but in verse 17, he begins his ministry in verse, uh, after his baptism and after the temptation of the devil, verse 17, and from that time Jesus began to preach and to say what? Repent, for the kingdom of what? Heaven is at hand. Father, we do love you. Thank you, Lord, for being so good and kind to us. We just ask you to bless the study today in Jesus' name. Amen. And then Jesus calls some men to preach, told me he'd make them fishers of men. Verse 23, Matthew 4, 23. Matthew 4, 23 says, And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in what? Whose? Who's theirs? It's Israel's. It's, it's, he's teaching the Jews in the synagogues and preaching what? The gospel of the kingdom. Man, you've got to get a hold of that. All these churches today are going to be getting up. They're going to be preaching stuff that doesn't belong to them. It's not for them. They're taking teachings and history about what's going to happen in, to Israel. Amen. And apply it to a church that are Gentiles. And they're going to be totally wrong. They're going to be unscriptural. And millions of them are going to follow these clowns straight into hell. Notice what it says. And healing what? All manner of sickness. And all manner of disease among the people. Amen. Do you see that? He, he's, he's, the healing ministry comes with the kingdom. Signs are for the Jews. Jesus had the signs showing the Jews that he was the Messiah. And he healed every one of every sickness, of every disease, and cast out devils. Amen. And it's a ministry to the kingdom. Matthew chapter number 5. Jesus, verse 1, and seeing the multitudes, went up into a mountain. Amen. And when he was what? Set. Amen. His disciples came unto him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in the spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of Heaven. Verse 10, blessed are they that are persecuted for righteousness, for theirs is the what? Kingdom of heaven. Verse 19, whosoever therefore shall break 
One of the least of these commandments shall teach men so. He shall be called the least in what? Kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great where? Verse 20, I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall in no case enter into who? Man, people better get a hold of that. It's not talking about being saved and going to heaven. He's talking about a kingdom. And that kingdom is on earth. It's a physical, earthly kingdom that Jesus Christ is going to rule and reign from. I want to preach today and teach you some things about the differences about the kingdom of heaven versus the kingdom of God. The kingdom of heaven appears 32 times in 31 verses in the book of Matthew. Matthew primarily is a book about the history of the king of Israel, the Lord Jesus Christ. You understand? Mark portrays Jesus as a man. As a, and in Luke portrays, let's see, Mark portrays him as a servant. Luke portrays him as a man. And John prepared, uh, portrays Jesus Christ as the Son of God, God Himself manifested in the flesh. All four Gospels display four different attributes about the Lord Jesus Christ. And the book of Matthew is a king coming to a nation. And they said, will at this time restore the kingdom on Israel. Israel lost the kingdom. The uh, last man to have an opportunity at the kingdom was uh, Jeconiah. And... And God uh, said nobody from his seat on will ever get to the throne. And he knocked a je off of him. J-E, right? That's, that's, that's the reference towards God. Jehovah, Jesus, right? And he took that off of him. Jesus means Jehovah saves, right? That J-E is representing Jehovah. And he took the Jeconiah off of, off of, or took je off of Keniah and left him Keniah. Why? Because God cut him off, said there ain't nobody going to be on the kingdom no more. And guess what that means? It means if Israel's going to have a kingdom, they're going to have to have a king somehow come from the line of David without coming from the line of David. Because he promised David that he would set up a kingdom. Amen. And he promised him that he would have a seed that would sit on the kingdom and guess what? The kingdom ain't coming if you can't get a king. And the only way to get a king is to have the virgin birth. Psalm 10. Psalm 110. Psalm 110. And Matthew 22. Psalm 110 and Matthew 22. Jesus just gets done setting these folks straight in the book of Matthew. He says, You do err not knowing the Scriptures nor the power of God. Verse 29. And then they talk about the resurrection. And then one asks him a question. Master, what is the great commandment in the law? He tells him to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, all thy soul, all thy uh, mind. At first is this is the first and great commandment. The second is like it on it. Thou shalt love neighbors thyself. And on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Verse 41. Matthew 22, 41. And while the, the Pharisees were gathered together, Jesus asked them, saying, What think ye of Christ? Whose son is he? And they said unto him, The son of David. And the Lord said 
unto my Lord, sit thou at my right hand till I make thine enemies thy footstool. And if David then called him Lord, how is he his son? So that's a very important question. Right? No man was able to answer him a word. Neither durst any man from that day <laughs> ask him any more questions. He put it on him. And you've got to understand that question. He's trying to show them something. Listen, that seed was cut off through Keniah. Amen. And the only where was the hope coming through the line of David? Where was that promise coming that he of David's loins would have somebody sitting on a throne? There's only one possible way that could happen. And this is what they all reject. Psalm 110. Verse 1, the Lord. Who are we talking about? The Lord. Who's the Lord there? That's not Jesus. The Lord. Who is that? You're, you're in the Old Testament now. This is Jehovah talking. The Lord said unto who? My Lord. My Lord. Sit thou at my right hand till I make thine enemies his footstool. How can, how can uh, David... Sit back and make this thing. How could, how, could, how could Jesus Christ be David's Lord while yet he's David's son? The virgin birth is the only possible way this could happen. Is that David comes, or the Jesus Christ comes through Joseph and he comes through Mary. But Joseph... He only comes through him as the man that married. He didn't come fleshly or physically from Joseph. Right. But he had Joseph had line to the king. Mary come from David, and his mama is in the lineage of David. And through the virgin birth, God planting a seed inside Mary, she gave birth to a son of David, which was God the Father's son. You understand? The virgin birth. And now Jesus rightly can take the throne and be the king of Israel because he come through the right line, through the right lineage, through the virgin birth. That's the only possible way it could happen because God cursed that line because of the sins of Israel after Solomon and Rehoboam and Jeroboam and all those men that were there. Amen? Amen. And so God cursed it. And Israel goes into captivity. All right, I'm going to try to quit preaching to you and start teaching. We have a couple different kingdoms here. I'm going to give you some dif differences in the kingdom of heaven versus the kingdom of God versus the kingdom of darkness. Wh whose kingdom is this? This is the devil's. This is Satan's kingdom. Amen. You know what the devil does? He counterfeits everything. So you know what he's got? He's got a kingdom. <laughs> Amen. And he's going to set it up one of these days on earth. And he's going to get the rule and reign on earth. And he's going to set his kingdom up. And he's bringing his companions with them. Oh my, when they come and they show up. My, my, my. Amen. Let's go to uh, Matthew chapter number 8. Matthew chapter number 8. 
Uh, you got to understand the differences, and there's men out there that don't believe there's no difference, and I love Dave Reese. And Dave Reese is one of the greatest preachers that I've, I've heard, and he's, he studied under Ruckman and all kinds of other kind of people. He didn't go to PBI, but he's read his stuff and material. And Dave Reese, when he gets done, he believes that there's no difference between the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven that they're the same. I, I disagree. Because I believe there's places in the scripture where the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven are used interchangeably because both kingdoms are being presented here at the same time. Amen? Look at what it says. Matthew chapter number 8, verse 11. And I say unto you that many shall come from the east and the west and shall sit down with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob where? The kingdom of heaven. Has that happened? It's a future kingdom. Brother Dax will be preaching for some knucklehead down here before long. And he's an amillennialist. He don't believe this is ever going to happen. He believes God's just wasting paper and ink and making stories up. Amen. Because he don't believe it's literal. He's crippled too high for crutches. He's a mental midget. Amen. And I'm saying that with compassion and charity. Because he's a guy that's standing behind a pulpit professing to be a Bible believer and a Bible teacher and then he, he spiritualizes 80% of his Bible. And explains away. He said, well, that was all done away with. Amen. He don't even belong. He's not even allowed to teach a nursery, let alone teach a whole congregation. And Dax runs with some of these guys and he tries to straighten them out and there ain't no straightening some people out. Amen. But he's trying. I ain't against him trying, but he's, amen, at least he, if he's got their ear, maybe he can help them a little bit. But some of these guys are just too set in their ways and they're too proud to change because they'll get a spiritual black eye and get blackballed. Well, while you're holding that thought there, let's turn to John. They're going to get blackballed. John chapter number 12. Here's the problem with some of these preachers once they find out the truth. Amen. I know a good preacher that I love dearly. He found the truth late in his ministry and he said, I'm not going to change now to confuse the people. I, you humble yourself and say, guess what? I believe something for 40 years and guess what? I found out it's wrong. That's what you do. You just don't keep preaching a lie. Psalm, or John 4, 12, verse 42. Nevertheless, among the chief rulers also many what? believed on them. But because of the Pharisees, they did not what? The fear of man brings a snare. You better be careful. You better be willing to stand for the truth. I don't care. Listen, they're trying to be political right here. They're trying to uphold their social standings in life and positions in life without coming out and being a full-fledged fanatic fall on God. Nevertheless, among the chief rulers, many also... Or also many believed on him, but but because of the Pharisees did I confess them, lest they should be what? Put out of the synagogue. You know what some of these guys won't do? They won't take a stand because they'll lose their status amongst the believers. They may lose some meetings. Who cares? I serve the God of heaven. Amen. If I would have thought that, I would have never left Charity Baptist Church. And I'm not against Charity Baptist Church. God told me to leave and make myself with no reputation. What? Go on out there and leave. You know how many meetings shut down on me? Yeah, you leave a church today, all of a sudden you get black eyes and the brethren don't want nothing to do with you anymore. Yeah, they don't care why you left. It's just that you left. Yep. Amen. Well, people's going to lie about you. So what? If they're my friends, they'd know the truth then, wouldn't they? 
Amen. 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 Listen, I, I ain't worried about meetings. I ain't wor I, listen, I'm worried about one meeting. And I'm worried about meeting him in the air. Amen. And I can't wait. And I'm praying that'll happen real soon. The second meeting I'm worried about is meeting him in prayer, in the closet. And as long as he meets with me in the closet, amen, I don't care what the brethren say. Amen. Amen. As long as my God, will, when I get on my knees and I pray and talk with him and he comes and talks with me, that's the only meeting I really care about. Amen. Amen. I ain't worried about meetings out there. How are you going to survive? I don't know. I guess you'll have to crank up the raven... For us, deliveries, amen, and bring me flesh and bread and put me beside a creek somewhere and feed and water me. God took care of Elijah. He can take care of me. Amen. He's the same today, yesterday, and forever, right? God right. take care of me. Listen, we got to make ourselves no reputation. The problem is when we go to a bunch of these meetings around here, we're, we're worried about what Mr. Doddle, Bob Backslid says, Brother Backslid says, and other things than we are worried about what God says. And then we get up and preach, and what? We preach to what? To the big shots versus preaching God's truth. Yeah. All of a sudden, these things turn into politics and politicizing so they can wind up getting meetings somewhere else. I ain't trying to get meetings. I'm trying to stand up for a righteous God and a holy God and preach the truth. Amen. And it doesn't matter. Let the chips fall where they may. The problem is we're so worried about, well, you're going to go and split somebody's church. Don't have me in. Amen. And they don't. Praise God. Amen. Verse 43, here's the key. God exposes their heart. What's their heart? For they love what? The praise of men more than? i tell you what, I'd rather have the praise of God. I'd rather drive down the road and God go, Son, you did good tonight. I love you. And I'd say, I love you too, Lord. Thank you. Then I would to be standing at the back door and everybody coming by and say, Oh, preacher, you did good tonight. And preachers coming by, patting you on the back, lying to you the whole time. I mean, I've had Baptist preachers lie to me. Good Baptist preachers that's in great standing say one thing and then do another. Yep. <laughs> you said, you own Baptist preachers? No, I love them. But I know them. Yeah. And I know they're sinners saved by the grace of God. Amen. And they have an Adamic nature. And in camp means when it's at the highest glow and glory. Amen. Sometimes Adam shines real bright. More than the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. Amen. <laughs> well, I'll have recess. Start shouting there a while. Amen. Number one. I want you to see something here. This kingdom, amen, is 100% physical. Amen. It's a future kingdom of a thousand years. Amen. It's a kingdom that's going to be headed up. And I, I, don't, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but it's a thousand-year kingdom. It's called the millennial reign. It has not happened yet. It will be coming in the future. Let's look in Luke chapter number 17. Luke chapter number 17. Luke 17. Amen. Luke chapter number 17, verse 21. And when the Pharisees demanded, or when, when he was demanded of the Pharisees when the kingdom of God should come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God cometh not with observation, neither say ye, uh, they, neither shall they say, Lo here or lo there, for behold, the kingdom of God is what? Within you. Now, I believe that to be inside you if you're truly saved. Amen? Dave Reese teaches 
that Jesus is standing right there in the midst of a group of people and that the kingdom of God is standing there right in the midst of all those people. So he's trying to teach the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven is the same. I believe it's within you. Why do you say that? Romans chapter number 14. Romans chapter number 14. I mean, you can take within and put it any way you want. Standing within your midst, right? Or you could turn around and say that it's within you as an individual. Romans chapter number 14. Verse 17. For the kingdom of God is not meat and what? Now what is that? What is a meat and what is drink? It's something physical that you literally consume. Right? The kingdom of God is not physical. Is what he's trying to tell you. But righteousness and peace and joy where? And the Holy Ghost. It's spiritual. The Holy Ghost is spiritual. Do you understand that? It's a spiritual kingdom. This is meat and drink. <laughs> this is the Holy Ghost. They're different. John chapter number 3, verse 3. Anybody can quote that to me? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born again, he what? Cannot see the kingdom of God. The only way you can see that is to be born of the Spirit. This one they could see. It was being announced. It was physical. Hello? Amen. Except the man be born again. Verse 5, John 3, 5. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except the man be born again, he cannot what? Enter. Keep going. Verse 3c, verse 5's enter. That which is born of flesh is flesh, but that was born of spirit is spirit. It's a spiritual kingdom. The kingdom of God is a spiritual kingdom. You understand? Man, I didn't get to understand. Amen. Amen. What's this one? This is the devil's kingdom. What is this one? <laughs> he got it. He got it. He got it. You know what it is? It's both. It's both physical and spiritual. The devil is a spiritual being. And one day he's going to set up his counterfeit Christ here on earth. He's going to enter into that man. And he will have a mock kingdom. A mock millennium. And he will, he will sit on a throne on this earth in a temple in Jerusalem and declare he's God. Have an image set up to him. It's both physical and it's both spiritual. Amen. Good job, Nick. Amen. <clears throat> Isaiah chapter number 9. Isaiah chapter number 9. The devil has a kingdom. The devil's going to set up. He has a kingdom of darkness right now. Amen. Let's uh, hold your place there in Isaiah 9 and go back to Revelation. Revelation 16. I'm getting ahead of myself, behind myself, and everything else. Isaiah, or Revelation 16, verse 10. And the fifth angel poured out his vial upon the seat of the beast, and his kingdom was full of darkness, and they gnawed their tongue for pain. <laughs> the devil has a kingdom. The beast has a kingdom. Do you see that? Ephesians chapter number 6, verse 12. Anybody quote that to me? Ephesians 6, verse 12. Can anybody quote that? There you go. Yes, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, 
but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. That's that's the that's Ephesians six twelve. That's Satan's got a spiritual and fallen angelic army. Amen. There are principalities, there's powers, there's spiritual wickedness in high places. And those are coming to the earth with him in Revelation chapter number 12. He has a spiritual dark kingdom. He has influences today on the earth like Anton LaVey and the Satanic Bible and the rock and roll groups and Wicca and witchcraft and all these other things. He influences Amen. He has power over the kings of the earth. He has power, he told Jesus Christ, amen, over the kingdoms of the world. He showed them all the kings of the world in a moment of time and, and the glory of them. And he said he had this power to be able to give it to Jesus Christ. Amen. Adam forfeited the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. Amen. And Satan's got power over his false kingdom. And you know what? It's a spiritual kingdom. And every person is born on the face of the earth through Adam is under the God of this world. And the only way to get out from under his clutches is to get born again spiritually. Amen. Amen. Isaiah chapter 9 verse 6. Isaiah 9 verse 6. Unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. Did that happen to Jesus Christ? Did Jesus Christ ever take the government of Israel? No, that's future. Hadn't happened yet. He had to come. Listen, the cross before the crown. And Israel's looking for the crown, not the cross. How in the world could they say that he's looking towards the cross in the Old Testament when they weren't looking for the cross? They are looking for somebody wearing a crown to set up a kingdom. That's what they were looking for. And that's why they rejected him because what they were looking for didn't happen. They weren't looking for a sacrifice. They was looking for a king on a stallion to defeat Caesar. These clowns want to say, well, you get saved looking to the cross. Oh, man. They, they don't know what they're talking about. You're right. Amen. The government should be upon his shoulder and his name should be called Wonderful and Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting. He's going to usurp the divinity of God. He's going to be one of his titles. He's going to be Jehovah God in the flesh. Isn't that something? Show that to a Jehovah Witness. Amen. Amen. They can't take it. Their Bible don't say everlasting. Theirs says eternal. But they said this one right here is the eternal Father. Compare that with Jeremiah 32, 18, and you'll see that the mighty God is the Lord of hosts. That means Jesus Christ is the Lord of hosts of the Old Testament. My, 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 my. Ain't that something how you can put things together and begin to see things? Amen. The Prince of Peace. And the increase of what? Verse 7. His government and peace, there shall be no end. And upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and establish it with judgment and justice from henceforth forever. And the zeal of the Lord of hosts shall perform this. Listen, that didn't happen. Jesus Christ did not get to sit on the throne of David and institute a government. Amen. It didn't happen. But it's going to happen. And all these people have a hard time. Why didn't it happen? Why? Nobody sees a 2,000 year gap in these verses. The Jews rejected them. They rejected God the Father's messenger. Amen by John the Baptist, by killing John the Baptist. He was coming presenting the kingdom. The kingdom of heaven is what? At hand. 
They, they reject God the Father's message. Listen, that was in Isaiah 40. He is sending a messenger. I will send my messenger. Then they kill the one the messenger was declaring the Messiah. They reject God the Son. Then he says, will thou this time restore what? The kingdom to Israel in Acts chapter 1. He comes forth. The Holy Ghost shows up. He, he, he saves people. Acts 7. Peter or Stephen stands up and declares the history of Israel. They gnash at him. They, they, they get cut to the heart. They run upon him and chew on him. And then they stone him and kill him. And they reject the ministry of the Holy Ghost. Amen. They reject God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Ghost. God said, Henceforth I go to the Gentiles. The, the kingdom is postponed. God slips in a period of time, about 2,000 years. Amen. It's been 1,980 some years since that's happened. And you know what? It's about to come to an end. Amen. The period of the time of the grace of God. It's a special dispensation that's been put in there that people could not see nor forecast in the Scriptures that God has given an opportunity to the Gentiles to receive the free grace of God because of Israel's rejection and it's all designed to provoke that Jew to jealousy. People couldn't see it. People couldn't read it. They still can't read it. Baptist colleges and seminaries can't see it and read it because they don't know the Holy Ghost. Amen. You know what this is? Amen. This is all political. <laughs> you, know, you know what our whole world's ate up with? Politics. You know what the world's looking for? They're not just looking for one president. They're looking for a man to rule the world. They're looking for some world ruler. They don't care if he lands with a UFO. Listen, the world right now is being prepared by Hollywood and the government and science and everybody looking for somebody out there beyond Pluto to come and take over this place. Those people out there, they're so smart and we got so many problems. Somebody out there definitely has got the answers and they're ready to welcome him. Well, I'm telling you, they're, they're getting, he's getting prompt primed. Amen. <laughs> the political answer is not a man, and it sure ain't a woman. It ain't Hillary. I'll tell you that. Amen. Right? This one's completely moral. It's righteousness in the whole peace in the Holy Ghost. Amen. You know why people reject the kingdom of God? Because they're immoral. And they love their sin. And they profit from it. Amen. Men like their flesh titillated. Say, ah, I just dump my wife, get me another one, it don't matter, just as long as my flesh is tickling. And then she sits back, gets a few black eyes, and she said, I don't care if he comes home and beat me when he's drunk. I just love his money. <laughs> it don't make sense to me. Right? This one's political. He's gonna have a kingdom, right? Amen. He's going, to be, he's going to be the God of this world. He's going to be the king of the earth. He's going to be a false king. But this one is immoral. Amen. He's going to be eating human flesh. They're going to be cannibals. They're full of sodomy. He's a sodomite. Amen. Listen, you ever hear some of the stuff they do in a black Sabbath? You know what a black, anybody know what a black Sabbath is? Talking about the band? No, I'm talking about what a real Black Sabbath is. What that band represented, what they sung. A Black Sabbath is, is a satanic high day. 
And on that satanic high day, which is usually Halloween, they have literal human sacrifice. And when they have a human sacrifice, usually preferably a young woman, but they'll take a young man and they'll cut his heart out. And when they cut his heart out, they drink blood out of his heart, they drain his blood out of his body, they drink his blood, and then they have a sexual orgy. And it consummated, according to Rebecca Brown, is when Satan comes, he comes to that meeting. She said he gives a nod, they kill the kid, the sacrifices to Satan, and she claims she literally had a relationship with Satan. That's according to Rebecca Brown's book. I, I, he come to set the captives free. I didn't write that, I didn't say that. In the ultimate test of her witchcraft, she said a guy stood six feet from her with a three fifty seven and fired six shots, and all six bullets, amen, were spinning at the ground at her feet. She was, a, she was a proven witch. And she could do all that kind of stuff and she had contact with the devil. I'm not saying it happened. I'm just telling you what she said in her book. You know what it is? It's in more. Sexually perverted. He's behind all this pedestry. He's behind incest. He's behind adultery. He's behind fornication. He's behind all that garbage. He's impure. He's immoral. And the immorality going around the world is because they rejected this kingdom. Amen. This one here is earthly. This one will be set up where? On earth. It's going to be set up on earth. Where's the headquarters? Jerusalem. The headquarters will be Jerusalem. Israel will be the head. Amen. And the nations will be the tail. Right? This one's what? Jerusalem. It's heavenly, right? As New Jerusalem as its headquarters. Yep. Amen. Where's this one's headquarters? Hell. Amen. What was that? Mystery Babylon. Mystery Babylon. Amen. Hell. That's being run right now by a guy named Apollyon, right? Or Abaddon. Which means the destroyer. Amen. The bottomless pit. He's a king over the bottomless pit. His kingdom's run straight out of hell. Now he will come down and have a physical earthly kingdom. Amen. And his earthly kingdom will be, amen, uh, his earthly kingdom will be in Jerusalem. Where's his headquarters right now? His headquarters is in Rome. You know who's the strongest, most powerful man on the face of the earth right now? It used to be the black pope. Now the white pope is both the black pope and the white pope. They finally got a Jesuit on the throne. And the black pope, which was Adolfo Nicholas, stepped down. And he conceded and turned over his rights and powers of the Jesuits, of the Society of Jesus, over to the pontiff that's in Rome right now. And not only is he the white pope, but he's also the black pope. He's running two offices of that Roman Catholic institution. People better get a hold of that. Who's running what and who's doing what? And you know what the society Jesus is going to do, that black pope's going to do? See, he's, he's, got, he's representing two natures right now. The white and black. He's representing two natures. And that black side, the Adamic dark side, is fixing to take over and destroy the white side, which is not heavenly, but I'm just using this as a typology. And the evil's going to proceed and destroy Rome. And he's going to set up a kingdom over here in Jerusalem. And the Vatican... It's going to be run by the Jesuits, which run the world, the secret society of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Amen.
This one here is visible. Why? Because it's it's earthly. Right? This one here, which chokes a lot of Baptist briders, is invisible. Amen? We covered some of that stuff last week about the church versus the local church. Right? The things that are eternal are not seen. It's invisible. Enduring, amen, him who is invisible. Amen. Amen. This one's what? Both. Amen. Amen. You guys are catching on. I like this. This one here, the kingdom of heaven, is mainly Jewish. You said how much? Probably 99.999%. <laughs> you may have a couple uh, proselytes in the bunch, so we'll just leave room for a proselyte somewhere. Yes? Wouldn't the nations, though, that go into the kingdom of heaven, though, wouldn't they be technically Gentile, though? Those are Gentile. But the kingdom of heaven mainly is Jewish because the reason I'm saying that is because that's the headquarters. It's a Jewish kingdom that Gentile nations are allowed to be part of because it's all going to be run by what? One government. Right? You're going to have Gentiles in it, but this, we could sit back and do that. Let's do that. Gentiles, nations. Yeah. Yeah, this is the tail. So, so uh, you do have Gentile nations there. That's an oversight by my part. I didn't see that, but I was mainly thinking it's a Jewish nation because it's got a Jewish king, was run by, and everybody else, the nations, get an opportunity to come into that kingdom. Okay? This one here is uh, universal. Amen. It's a universal kingdom. The kingdom of God encompasses the whole universe. Right? Amen. And if God wants to inhabit eternity, which the heavens were made for, is to be able to inhabit, if He wants to set a kingdom out there, He can do whatever He wants to do. And then... Number five, you're in this thing till when? Everybody's in this till the new birth. Right? You're all what? This dispensation, but it ends around the time Christ comes back. Yeah. But he still has a kingdom, and he still has people that's got Adamic natures. And at the end of that kingdom... Those people still wind up dying and going to hell. And in the kingdom, you have lost people. And you have lost people to actually literally go body and soul into hell. So there's still remnants of his kingdom still going through the millennium, right? All the way up until the end, until Satan himself and the whole thing's dissolved. Let's go on to this one here. Number six. The head of this kingdom. Uh, the tail. Let's see, i got to get that. The tail. This one here, uh, the head of it's Jesus Christ Himself. Right? What's, I, what's uh, Revelation 11.15 say? Revelation 
11.15, I quote it to you all the time. You, sh you should know this thing. I've quoted that more than most people quote John 3.16. Yes. The kingdoms of this world become the kingdoms of our Lord and His Christ. Jesus Christ takes over the headship of the nation of Israel. He comes down, touches Mount Sinai, goes up the King's Highway, comes across the east side of Jordan, crosses the Jordan River, comes down, puts his foot on the Mount of Olives. The Mount of Olives cleaves. He goes through the eastern gate and he destroys the Antichrist. And people can sit back and say all these different things about when or where or how he's destroyed. But according to Ezekiel 28, it looks like there's some kind of spontaneous combustion probably with the fire he's consumed there. Sitting on the throne is God. And uh, Jesus Christ takes over, sets up his kingdom, puts a throne beside him. Who's sitting beside him on his right hand? David. King David sitting on his right hand. Who's sitting around them? Disciples. Disciples. Matthew chapter 19, verse 27. Amen. That he granted them 12 thrones to sit on there. Now, one of those men that he told that about has disappeared. And he shows up over here. Judas. So, who takes that 12th seat? Matthias takes it properly. Most people think it's Paul. They're wrong. Paul's not a minister to the circumcision. He's a minister to the uncircumcision. He's an apostle to the Gentiles, not to the Jews. Amen. So Matthias is the 12th one. He'll get a chance to rule and reign, according to Acts chapter number 1. Amen. Now, who rules this kingdom? God Himself. Amen. God's a Trinity, right? Three triune. But I believe the Father Himself runs that. Jesus Christ, according to 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. Let's look at 1 Corinthians chapter number 15. I can't prove what's said about this, but that's fine. I, I just believe it. Let's look at uh, verse 23. Every man in his own order, Christ the first fruits, afterward they that are Christ that is coming, that's us, the harvest. Then cometh what? The end, I believe that's trib saints, trib rapture, three parts of first resurrection. When he shall have delivered up the kingdom to what? To God. Even the Father. When he shall have put down all rule and all authority and all power, for he must what? Reign till he have put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that shall be destroyed. His death, for he has put all things under his feet. But when he saith all things are put under him, and is manifest that he is accepted, which did put all things under him, and when all things shall be subdued unto him, then the Son also himself shall be subject unto him to put all things under him, that God may be what? All in all. Jesus Christ comes back, submits it all back to the God the Father, said, I took care of all the business, got everything all taken care of. And Dr. Ruttman said this, that's when the, unit, the divinity yields back into the unity. Amen. So I don't know, I don't know. He said somewhere out there in eternity there was a unity that divided into a trinity and then one day that trinity is going to divide back into unity. I don't know how you put it all together. But all I know is that God the Father ultimately is in charge of everything and Jesus Christ gets everything under control wins back all the authority and power, puts everything back in subjection where it needs to be, and gives it all back to the Father and yields Himself and submits Himself to the Father. Amen. So ultimately, God Himself is in charge of that. Amen. Next. 
Who's in charge of this one? Satan. Who else? Well, yeah, he's also the devil. He's also the serpent. He's also the Antichrist, right? He's also known as who? The son of a thousand. Yeah. He's also known as Apollyon. I messed that up. Apollyon, there's only one P. Apollyon, that's an I-O-N. Right? And then Leviathan. Levi. Athen. Leviathan. Amen? He's also the son of perdition. I don't know how to spell perdition. It's all right. Amen. Those are just some of his titles and who he is. This one here, amen, flesh and blood can enter. Amen. This one, no flesh or blood. See, let's turn to 1 Corinthians 15, where we're at. Verse 50. Now this I say, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot have what? Inherit who? Neither doth corruption inherit incorruption. See, that's why I'd have to disagree with Dave Reese on that, saying that they're both the same thing. Flesh and blood cannot inherit that kingdom. Flesh and blood can inherit the physical kingdom. So they've got to be different. They can't be the same. One's spiritual, one's physical. They're not the same. They're different. They have similarities. They have comparisons. Sometimes they're presented together. Like when Jesus Christ was here, He's presenting the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven at the same time. They rejected the physical earthly kingdom, but the Spirit of God, the kingdom of God, is still offering the kingdom of God, but the kingdom of heaven got postponed. Amen. What's this one here? You got... Flesh and blood can enter. No flesh and blood. What do you get over here? You get body and soul. A little bit different, ain't it? Body and soul can enter that kingdom of darkness. <laughs> hey, man, they get cast alive into that thing. Hey, man, this one here has some unbelievers in it. Right? Let's look at uh, Revelation 20. It can have some unbelievers in it. Revelation 20. Listen, people that are born in the millennium are not regenerated because they're born in the millennium. There's nobody in the millennium going to be spiritually circumcised like me and you are today. Revelation 20, verse 7. And when a thousand years are expired, Satan shall be loosed out of his prison and shall go out to deceive who? The nations which are in four corners of earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle, and the number of them is the sand of the sea. And when they went up upon the breadth of the earth and come past the camp of the saints, about the beloved city, fire came down in heaven and devoured, or out of heaven and devoured them. You understand? 
And uh, so there can be unbelievers in this kingdom that don't believe the kingdom. Listen, there's unbelief in the middle of the kingdom. They're supposed to go up once a year to observe the feast of what? Tabernacles. Guess what happens when they refuse to believe and come up and obey Jesus Christ in the kingdom? He shuts the rain off. Amen. And guess what? When the rain shuts off, they say, hey, you know, we better make go to Jerusalem. We better obey Jesus. So there's consequences. And people that don't believe in the middle of the trip or in the middle of the kingdom can get cast body and soul into hellfire. And for five weeks, they get to parade past the lake of fire that's opened up at the second advent. And they get to pass by and look at the carcasses that are in there burning in hell. Can you imagine anytime you want to in a thousand year kingdom, you come by and you can look at all those that disobey God and they're burning in a lake of fire and they're screaming and they're being tormented live and visible just south of Jerusalem. Man, I'll tell you what. How in the world? And then you, you go by and you see that people burning there. How in the world would you just want to all of a sudden just up believe, think you could rise up and conquer Jesus Christ? That's the power Satan has to deceive people, to get people to rise up. Man. But here, there's only true believers. Only true believers. There's no unbelievers in the spirit of the kingdom of God. <laughs> now, a believer can experience unbelief in his life, but he's not an unbeliever. You understand what I'm saying? If you're saved and you're put in the kingdom of God, you can, you can disbelieve the promises of God and still be saved. You can believe that the rapture's not going to happen. And you'll, you'll be puffing your cigarettes, sipping your Jack Daniels, doing whatever. You're, <laughs> you're raptured up. You understand? Unbelief, that's a big problem, whether saved or lost, because we've got an Adamic nature. But you cannot get into this kingdom and be part of this kingdom if, unless you what? Believe what? How that Christ died for our sins. Amen. That is buried in what? Rose again the third day. Amen. People that don't believe in the rap believe uh, in the resurrection will not be raptured. This was said unto you the Lord, unto you by the word of the Lord that we was believing our life and remain on the coming of the Lord. <laughs> he talks about the rapture. You've got to believe. Amen. In the resurrection, even going to rapture. You know what? There's a lot of bunch of people preaching pre-trib or rapture is false. And they don't believe in the rapture. Well, just maybe they don't really, really believe in the resurrection, period. That's a good one, ain't it? What kingdom is this made up of? Non-believers. Christ rejectors. Is it O R or E R? Yeah. Christ rejectors. Made up of Christ rejectors. All those that hate God, all those that hate Jesus Christ, all those who refuse to receive God's Son, all those that hate His book. Listen, all those are haters of God. Amen. I can't write this down on the board. We're running out of room number nine. We're told not to seek this one. Right? But we're told to seek this one. Amen. And what are we told to do with this one? Run away. <laughs> You're right. We're told to flee this one. We're to flee that kingdom. 
folks in here, people in here, we just discussed it. I get ahead of myself sometimes. Folks in here can go to hell. Folks in here cannot go. Amen? I don't know anybody that's in here would want to leave the promises of heaven and go there. I know a guy that claims to be saved and then turned around and now he's making fun of Christianity and salvation. And he says that God preparing heaven for his children, you know, Disneyland in the sky, is bad baloney. And I told him, I said, so what do you want me to tell your children when they come by your casket and want to see you? What do you want me to tell your children where you're at? Because you had a profession that you believe, now you got a profession you don't believe. I said, what do you want me to tell them? When you're burning in hell, roasting in the flames of hell, because there's no way a saved man can be saying the things that you're saying. It had to be a false profession of faith because there's no possible way a man that's truly saved, filled with the Holy Ghost, can turn around and think it's bad baloney about God giving his son to die on a cross to save somebody to go to a Disneyland in the sky. You can't say that. What about this they will go to hell. They'll die lost. And not only will they go to hell, they'll go to the lake of fire. You know what I show? I show, we still in Revelation? Revelation 20? This is what I show Satanist. I'll tell them, I'll quote in verse 10. And the devil that what? The saved them was cast in a lake of fire and brimstone where the beast and the false prophet what? Are. Are, not were. And shall be tormented day and night forever and ever. I look at him. And I say, you're serving a loser. <laughs> and you're going to burn just like them. And then I quote them, Acts chapter 26, verse 16. God sent me to turn, the, or 18, I think it is. God sent me to turn you from the power of Satan unto God. And from darkness unto light. God wants you to turn from your foolishness and your sin and your wickedness. You're serving a loser. And, he, and you're going to burn in hell with him. And God's giving you mercy and grace. And my ministry is sent to turn you from Satan unto God. Amen. Father, we do love you. Thank you, Lord, for being so great and gracious to us now. We ask you to bless this morning's service in Jesus' name.